Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Marketing Management and Money Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Owens. And I'm your host, Ryan Murray. Thank you for joining us today. We are excited to have you with us. We are going to be talking about a topic, looking into a topic that is fairly new to me in in some regards. It's something Mm -hmm. I'm still learning a lot in, but I'm absolutely fascinated by. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that is the financial side of small business. Uh, I kind of grew up in this marketing realm. I had a good grasp on the management side of things with getting a degree in psychology and having some experience there in management and other things like that. But the finances of a business kind of always eluded me a little bit. But, but you know, so many entrepreneurs, that's their, their hang up. And, mm-hmm. and, and I appreciate you being honest and being real with the fact that it's like, Oh, I'm still learning this. But at the same token, like I've been around you enough that you're, getting pretty good. Like, yeah. I feel like <laughs> compared to the average entrepreneur, you're a rock star. <laughs> well, I get that you. there's still some room to go, but I'm going to, I'm going to deflate my head here for a second. <laughs> so hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but in all, in all honesty, um, the financials of a small business really, I, I, I was a little bit daunted by, it. you know, it was, it can be yeah, very much. I, I, yeah. It was something that I looked at and I was like, geez, you know, I don't want to be an accountant. I don't want to be that guy that sits behind a 10 key and clacks away all day. And, 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 you know, as soon as you said, you know, finance, we had 10 people that just turned off the podcast right there. Yeah, so, exactly. So for those of you who stuck with us, we appreciate it. Yeah. So, but I learned very quickly that a lot of this really isn't difficult it, it, it is a little bit different, uh, a language, sure. right? So in one of your trainings, you call it uh, the, the, the language, language of, of business. business. Absolutely. And I think that's a perfect description for it. It's not difficult, though. Right. It's just a little bit different. And once you kind of start to grasp some of these concepts, it becomes very easy to understand and to see why they're so important and what they the impact that they can have on your small business. So so, so, so kind of a, a deviation here for a second. And, sure. And yeah, I do use the language of business terminology because it makes so much sense. So for me, I speak a little bit of Spanish, not amazing. And I've always wanted to get better at it. But I've never immersed myself in Spanish. Yeah. And like you're not going to be amazing at a language until you just immerse yourself. Like you, you have to be amongst the people and you have to be using it, speaking and listening and reading. And, you know, and it's the same thing with finance is you have to be immersing yourself. Yeah. Don't don't dabble in it. Like if if you own a business and you're a financial dabbler. You, you know, you, you're a conversationalist, not fluent. Mm-hmm. Then you are missing out in so much information that your business is providing you. Like it, it's it's the storybook. It's it's the playbook. It's telling you everything that's going on. And it's such a shame when I see these entrepreneurs that they're just like, oh yeah, you know, I I, I kind of look at my finance. No, 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 don't kind of like you. You need to look at them. You need to read them. You need to understand them. Speak yeah. the language. And if you're not good at it today, just immerse yourself. Do it. You get good by doing it. Yeah. Well, and and you kind of come from this background, right? So I feel like it's it's 
maybe a little bit easier for you to kind of give that <laughs> advice. But for someone like me who hasn't come from that background, it's, I, I will say that it's, I mean, I've learned a second language as well. So I will say that learning the language of business, the financial side of things, isn't nearly as difficult as actually <laughs> learning another language. Um, but it, the, you know, the same concepts still apply. Sure. Like you talked about immersing yourself in it. And I think that's super important. And you still kind of will go through that same uncomfortable phase of like, oh man, I got to ask questions because I don't know something, but I don't want to sound like an idiot, you know, but you have to, you have to make those mistakes. Like mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I legit remember asking uh, one time, wait, is it P N L or P and L? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Got it. So Prof- nobody knows. Profit in loss. Profit in loss. Yeah, exactly. So, so, okay. With that, cause you know, you so gracefully pointed out that I don't relate to you know, people <laughs> very well. What, what are some of the things that you have come across that you're like, man, I wish that I would have known this sooner. I would have known this earlier on yeah. in your entrepreneurial efforts that would have made a difference. G- oh my g- Give me some ideas here. Okay. So, um, some of the first things that come to mind are like the importance of understanding both the profit and loss, which is so common, right? Right but also the balance sheet less common and how those two things can work together. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like going from, have you ever bought your kids like a fake Apple watch or a fake tablet? It's not like a real tablet or you know what I mean? (laughs) It's like going from this Fisher price, Apple iPad tablet, wannabe, whatever to an actual brand new, like the Apple, legit Apple Pro tablet, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, it really does expand so much of what you can do and understand in your business. And it really does help you make so much like better decisions. Uh, another thing is understanding, like, so calculating, being able to calculate and understand your cash flow mm. and the impact that that has on your business and why that's so important. Um, and then I think that uh, it's, it's something that you, you know, you talk to entrepreneurs about or small business owners about reviewing their financials and how often they do it. And a lot of times they come across with this answer. Well, you know, I, I visit my accountant once a year when taxes are due mm-hmm. and that is Man, once you once you understand what finances can do for your business, you really, I mean, really everybody should be reviewing them at least once a quarter, right? Mm-hmm. But and I, I believe in your training, you recommend seven times a year, correct? 17. Oh, 17. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. Everybody died inside when I said seven. <laughs> yeah, they're like... Oh, dang. And then they reincarnated <laughs> and died two more times when you said 17. So so the reason I come up with this beautiful prime number is monthly, quarterly, annually. 12 months, four quarters, one year. It all adds up to 17. You're such a nerd that you had to point out that it's a prime number. 
I I love it. Okay, like yeah. why? <laughs> why is that relevant? <laughs> <You> goober. <laughs> It's because we're getting into the land of finance, and now numbers are meaning, and it's wonderful. Oh, man. For those of you who are less excited about finance than I, there, there really is some importance of that 17, and we've talked about that before, but yeah. it's worth hitting on again. 17 is such a powerful number in finance because you've got to review them monthly, quarterly, and, and annually. And I've had a lot of people ask, they're like, um... If you do it monthly, doesn't that cover quarterly and annually? Like those still happen within a month, you know, and, yeah. uh, and I always say you're looking for different things, right? When you're looking at a monthly P&L and balance sheet, it's going to give you different information than a quarterly P&L and balance sheet. And so, right. you know, when you get to the end of the quarter, you should look at it twice. You should be looking at the monthly statement for March and you should be looking at the Q1 statement for January through March because yeah. they're both going to give you information. And you know, same thing end of the year when when you hit December. And I know, I'm assuming that everyone's on a calendar. You, you might be on a fiscal and that's fine. It, it doesn't matter. You get the point. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, at the end of the year, you're looking at it three ways. You're looking at your monthly, your end of quarter, and your end of year. And, you know, they are all telling you different stories. Oh, sorry. You're getting No, you're, you're getting the inner nerd to just come out like, "Oh, really? Can I come to the party? Really? 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 <laughs> Someone wants to hear it." So, okay, I'll back okay. down. I'll back down. <laughs> Take off your button up. We're going to put on, <laughs> let's, let's at least downgrade it to a polo, man. Come on. All right. So, um, the other day, my wife's like, Oh, those shoes look like what Mr. Rogers used to wear. Oh, <laughs> I'll take them off now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so actually Fred Rogers is awesome. There you go. Plug for Fred Rogers. All right. Do you really think he had tattoos up and down both arms? Is that why he wore sweaters? Have you ever heard that? No, I haven't right. heard that. We'll have to talk about that later. Okay. Anyway. So, so, be, before we go too broad <laughs> with this episode, and I mean, now we're getting on some, some tangents, let, let, let's get into some spef- specifics. Sure. Let's, uh, let, let's, let's grab a topic that is maybe, maybe less common in, in finance, but very impactful. And I'll let you pick. Okay. Um, oh, man. Probably, you know what? Yeah. So the, the, the thing that comes to mind is it, it, something that took me completely off guard when I learned about it. Um, you and I've talked a little bit about this, mm-hmm. about the, the, the hidden expenses or the hidden costs in business. Oh. So even with, uh, even with having everything dialed in with, I mean, say you are reviewing your, your P&L and your balance sheet, your statements, uh, 17 times a year, you're diligent about doing that. Even with that, even with understanding your cash flow, even with, you know, all of those things dialed in, you can still have costs that are tucked in to certain things that technically, I guess, get accounted for, but they're... It, it's it's this facade. It's you know what you have it, what you're accounting for it under, isn't actually what it is, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's that's why it's these hidden costs, right? Yeah, and they can drown a small business. Yeah, yeah. So, and, so can can we 
l- let me put kind of a, a definition around some hidden costs, and then and then we'll get into uh, this. Yeah. Is, this is a great topic. Yeah. I I'm excited about this one. So, you know, hidden costs. They're called hidden not because they don't exist, not because they're not accounted for. Yeah. It's because they don't show up where you think they should show up. Yeah. And so, well, and, and even if you're look, even if you're looking for them, you can still miss them. So if you're not looking for them, you're missing them. Yeah. And, and they're usually going to be tucked in, you know, like here and there and, 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 and they're kind of scattered about, but they all link to one thing. So, you know, if you purchase a, a piece of equipment, yeah. then you're looking at that piece of equipment. And let's say arbitrarily it's a $20,000 piece of equipment. Right. You're like, okay, I just purchased this $20,000 piece of equipment. That's awesome. Well, now, wait a second. How much labor did your team put in to set up that equipment? Yeah. You know, so if you took two guys who, you know, they're normally supposed to be out selling for you, and you said, hey, I, you know, I need you guys to, to come in and, and set up this piece of equipment. And so they're now in the shop tooling, but you don't think about it because you're like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not paying them to set this up. It's like, right. yeah, yeah, you are. But it's now a hidden cost because that was the labor to install the equipment that got put into the sales and marketing budget because, you know, these, these guys are paid under sales and marketing. And yeah. so... You didn't look at this piece of equipment and say, oh, it's a $20,000 piece of equipment. However, we spent an extra $500 in labor to install the equipment, so it's really a $20,500 piece of equipment. You just mark it as a $20,000 piece of equipment, and then you just check, you know, chalk off that uh, these guys were just there anyway. And I'm like, no, yeah. they were not outselling, so you just lost the money from what they could have made you yep. and you paid for installation on someone else's budget. That that's the whole concept of, of hidden costs. And then you've got, you know, additional sticking with the piece of equipment, like, you know, the training to learn the equipment, you know, the, right. the learning curve associated with it, the maintenance, the upkeep, you know, maybe some of the supplies that, that you had to put into this equipment, you know, yeah. that uh, the, you, you could have had to run electrical that, that wasn't already set up and you the mistakes you're going to make with it. To, and then you're going to have to go back and fix. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. You know, misprints, misruns, mm-hmm. wh- whatever you have. And you know, so all of those things. So it's a $30,000 expense that yeah. you put down $20,000 on yeah. the books to account for it. And so that's, that's kind of what, um, this, these hidden costs are, but let's, let's talk a little bit about why this is important. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, isn't at at first I was like, well, it's not really that big of a deal because it's, it's coming out of a budget, like you're accounting for it. And so you still, everything still balances, right? Like, you know, what's, what's going into one department and what's coming out of a department. So does it really matter? And that's the danger right there. Exactly. Is, you know, you look at it and you're like, oh, does it really matter? I'm going to take a little bit here. I'm going to take a little bit there, you know. And and so sticking with this equipment example, this mm-hmm. hypothetical equipment example where, you know, the, the equipment was purchased and then a couple guys from a different department were brought in to help install the equipment. And, you know, then there was some mistakes made in whatever it, you know, produces. And, yeah. you know, and so... 
every time one of these things happen and it's pulling from a different budget, what it's doing is it's putting dead weight on those other budgets. Yep, exactly. And and that dead weight makes those other budgets look like they're not performing. Yeah. As well as they could be. Yep. When in reality, it's like, oh, no, we're taking on this new project. Or here's the other thing. And in my opinion, this is even worse. Every time I get something new in my business and I need to account for these hidden costs. So, you know, these hidden costs, they can they can add up quite a bit. Uh, you know, like it's not unrealistic to right. say, okay, an additional 25% need to go toward the, the hidden cost side of, of this particular piece of, you know, equipment or whatever it, it, it is, right? So I've got these hidden costs. And in these hidden costs, when I have all this extra well, what if I start really ramping up? If my business is growing and all of a sudden I'm ramping up with new equipment, I'm bringing on additional inventory, I'm extending out additional accounts receivables so that I can help grow my sales, every single one of these items is going to have some hidden costs associated with it. Yep. And what inevitably happens, and the business owners, I see them time and time again, they're just scratching their heads, just like, where did we go wrong? is all those hidden costs start to pile up on these unknowns, you know, like the the yeah. weak link in the system. And you'll see like some lowly person in accounting who now all of a sudden is unable to, you know, keep up with with all of, of the accounting procedures that they're supposed to do because they're now getting bombarded with these other things or one person, you know, in production or one person in sales is like, oh my goodness, I, I'm getting bombarded or, you know, this budget is getting decimated and they're not realizing it. And so what happens with these hidden costs is they tend to attack uh, you know, it, it's kind of like the thief in the night. It it, it comes in as a sniper, yeah. you know, yeah. and it starts just picking off and picking off and picking off. And whatever it attacks, whatever area it starts to, you know, accumulate against, that area starts to really get the pressure when other areas are like, we're doing fine, you know, what, what, what what's the big deal? Yeah. And, and it creates this imbalance, and then you mm -hmm. start to, uh, you know, lower your efficiencies in the organization. I mean, it's just, it, 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 it tends to piggyback. Now, I'm making it sound like, you know, you buy a piece of equipment, and all of a sudden, you know, the Run sky falls. And, the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not that. But every time that you're doing any sort of ramp up. Yeah there will be hidden costs. Mm -hmm. And if you're not giving yourself cushion, then you are putting unnecessary pressure on other parts of your business that may or may not be able to support that pressure. Yeah. So a great example, and, and this actually goes re along really well with getting the new piece of equipment, right? Mm -hmm. Great example of this is um, I've worked with a gentleman who is in sales. He's uh, he's responsible for the sales side of this startup. And currently it's a three man team. Mm -hmm. um, but this experience that I'm going to talk about was when they were still a two man team, considering bringing on that third man team. And they were actually doing so uh, because of, again, this, this piece of equipment that they were looking at purchasing okay. to, to further their business along. Right. Um, so 
they were going through some of the calculations with, you know, how much this is going to cost and how long it's going to take us to get this installed and up and running. And once it's going, what's it's going to give us on the back end, all those kinds of things. Right. Um, and at first it was intuitive to understand that, you know, there's the, the founder and then he's working with this, this sales gentleman and the founder really understood in the beginning, like, okay, yeah, sales guy, you're not making as many, you're not going out there and pushing as hard because you're helping me with this project. Right. Right. Well, that was fine for the first little while, but then the piece of equipment got purchased, this production or operations individual got hired on. And it was like when somebody leaves a company and it's, unofficial it's official but it's unofficial like hey you're gone you've been gone for two months but we're still going to call and ask you questions <laughs> right so that's kind of this position that this sales guy was in okay is he was officially like no longer part of getting this thing up and running and doing the training and everything but because he had spent so much time on the front end being involved with it he knew a lot about it and so he's out there making sales and, and things. Mm -hmm. And the founder has this expectation now, like your sales should be continuing to grow. You know, they should be at least matching what you did before this project went underway. Well, part of the hidden cost was the new operations guy was still pinging him all the time with questions, <laughs> pulling him away all the time. And the founder was a, like a little bit aware of it, but wasn't very forgiving of it. You know uh -huh. what I mean? And that was the impact on the small business. It started to create this tension and it really started to threaten this small business because it was something that was, you know, it was still in its early stages and it's something like that can easily bring a company down. You get this great sales guy who knows everything about it, just up and leave. That takes you a long time as a startup to recover from. Right. Right. And so anyway, um, yeah, that, that's part of this hidden cost thing is like there's that pressure on the sales department that is being applied because of the hidden costs that are getting pulled into what technically should still be an operations budget Yeah, and side of things. I love your example, and it's going to lead into the final point that I want to make before we wrap up this episode. We've talked a lot about the equipment side of things and the hidden costs associated with equipment. Uh, you know, I kind of mentioned that there are hidden costs with inventory, hidden costs with accounts receivables, and, you know, you're going to see these costs that are going to come out. Um, a lot of times they get tucked into labor costs. You know, that's a pretty yeah. common uh, place to absorb these hidden costs. And, yeah. and I love your example because that shows what will happen is you hire someone and in your mind, you're thinking, I'm getting 40 hours of, you know, sales, yep. when in reality, you're getting 30 hours of sales plus, you know, 10 hours of, of operations, yep. but, but you are paying for 40 hours of sales and only getting 30 hours of sales, you yeah. know, or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. And, yeah. um, you know, and so that's, that, that, that's something to be very well aware of as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner. The other one that I want to talk about, and this is what I kind of want to wrap up with because it's so important. You know, we might have some, uh, you know, some entrepreneurs out there that are like, oh, you know, this is cool, but I don't plan on making any major equipment purchases. Uh, you know, I yeah. don't, 
hold a lot of inventory. I, you know, I don't really do uh, receivables. I, I'm a service-based, uh, you know, maybe even a solo entrepreneur yeah. looking to hire that new employee or something like that. And I want to talk about the hidden cost associated with new hires. Yeah. Because everyone thinks that, you know, you, you get someone and you're like, okay, we are looking for a mid-manager, all right? So you put it out there and you get all these applications and you see these people, you know, it's like, oh, wow, you know, 10 years of mid-management experience. They, they've got <laughs> an NBA from an Ivy League, you know, I mean, it's just like everything is yeah. perfect and they come on board and for a month, they do nothing. They, yep. like, walk around talking with people. And, you know, like, you're still paying them a, a mid-manager salary for that entire month yeah. that, that they're not doing jack. And, you know, for the next three months, they're kind of getting going, but still, they're not worth anything. And, you know, most employees... They're about six months to a year before they are worth anything. And, you know, I gave the example of mid-management. This could be store associate. Yeah. This could be, you know, if you just hired on that. Like uh, a graphic designer. Yeah, graphic designer, social media specialist. Yeah. You know, and, and they've got tons of experience, but that doesn't mean that they know your company. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was just going to say. I feel like there are tons of listeners out there that are like, uh, no, like it's easy. It's got to be easy for a graphic designer to come on and just be like, just do what I tell them to do. Yeah. Well, it's not because they're still coming into it with their preconceived mm -hmm. ideas of how design works and, and what best practices are and all those kinds of things. I mean, same thing with social media. It's like social media is social media, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but no. And, and that's where it really comes in is that it applies to your industry and your business. And so unless they've worked for, you know, in the same industry for a really similar company. Even if they have. You well, know, yeah, even even if they that, have. That'll but, mitigate it, but it's not going to eliminate it. Exactly, and that's what I was just going to say. It's like you, you're not getting away from it, you yeah. know? And, you and know, so don't kid yourself, I guess, is what I'm saying. The, the other thing is the hidden cost of your time because oh, yeah. not only is it an hour that they need to be trained, but who's training them? Yeah. You. Yeah. If you want them to do what you want them to do, that's an hour of your time. Yeah. So now an hour of your time got eaten up and an hour of their time got eaten up. That's two hours right there of hidden costs. You still pay for it. Yeah. You know, and and so just be smart. I, I, yeah. I guess that that that's kind of the, the the moral of the story. But let me let me put a couple tangible things out there and we're gonna go yeah. ahead and wrap up with this. I was gonna say before if we have enough time, I don't know what kind of where we're at. Can we take like Two, we're, 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 two we're, minutes. We're gonna, and, we're gonna take less than two minutes, but we're okay. gonna we're gonna, we're gonna go put into some the, action steps in place, yeah. So that um, that that you know what you're looking at. Perfect. So, first thing that I'm gonna recommend is anytime that you are making an equipment purchase, put at least twenty five percent additional onto that equipment purchase for hidden costs. Just just do it right off the bat. Yeah. You Even know? if you don't have any clue what those are potentially going to be. Yeah. You just, they're hidden for a reason. <laughs> and, and here's the tricky part. When we say put that on, 
it's not for, um, you know, it's, it's not something that you're going to put into your financial statements. It's something that you're going to put into your break-even calculation. And if you yeah. need help with that, check out our, we did uh, two series uh, on break-even, part one and part two. And so you can check out those episodes. That'll, that'll teach you how to do uh, the break-even, but you're going to add at least 25% onto any equipment that you're going to do. When you're dealing with inventory... If you're looking at inventory and if you're looking at accounts receivables, especially in managing your cash flow, again, you're going to want to tack on, and I would use 25% as a good... It, if you know how to do all the detailed calculations on your hidden costs, great, that's fine. But if you don't, just take 25% and say, okay, if I've got $100,000 worth of inventory sitting on my shelves then it's really costing me $125,000 to hold all this inventory, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I just need to have extra cash. I need to plan on there will be some additional expenses that I won't know about, you know? And, yeah. and so, so a lot of this is going to be the cash flow management, uh, you know, making sure that you've got that additional cash to hold on to it. And then anytime that I'm hiring somebody, I'm going to do the calculation of what I can afford to pay them, but then I'm also going to do the calculation of how long I can pay them without them producing anything. If it's not at least three months, I can't afford to hire them. Yeah, And so I, I would even recommend a little bit longer, but I know that that's, that's a bit of a stretch for most small businesses. And so I would say three months, you look at it and you say, okay, if I'm going to pay this person, let's say, you know, 5000 a month. Okay. By the time I'm done with their salary and payroll taxes, they're costing me $5,000 a month. Then I need to be able to afford a $15,000 expense today and still be okay. Right. And if I can't do that, then I can't afford to bring someone on for $5,000 a month. Yep. And so, you know, the, the, those are the things that I'm looking at. I'm looking at 25%, 25%, and three months. Those are kind of the, the tangible numbers that I would use to help adjust for those hidden costs. Most of that is going to be in an additional cash cushion. You're going to make sure that you've got that money in cash flow sitting there available to you. And if you don't have it, then you run a little bit leaner for a period of time until you have it. So is that good enough for a wrap up? Oh yeah. Okay. Love it. We went a little bit long, but we're going to go, go ahead and close it off there. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Tune into future and check us out at www.marketingmanagementmoney.com. Take care, guys. Mm -hmm.